I'm not sure. They've already blended. Checking into these, these bodies, these minds. What have I done? Why am I here? And yesterday we spent a lot of time very intentionally both allowing the mind to find ease, the body to find ease, giving a lot of space in our practice discussions and in our instructions. You know, just to kind of allow us to land, which we don't get to do that often, to give us that space to do nothing and see what arises in, in the nothingness. Yeah. And so today, we're actually going to gather a little bit more and, and give maybe some, you know, some more instruction um, that leans in the direction of, you know, what, the, what, what did the Buddha teach? And so the core teaching around our meditation practice is based on the Satipatthana Sutta, otherwise known as the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. And this term mindfulness that has become so catchphrase and so well used is, is based on this. Vinny also referred to another um, reframing of mindfulness, another translation is remembering. Remembering where we actually are right now. Remembering what's, what's really happening right now. So on this retreat, we are, although it might feel less explicit and more implicit at times, um, we are very much laying out the four foundations of mindfulness. We're very much laying out the Satipatthana Sutta. And we're doing that in ways that allow the support, the holding, the grounding for metta, for this kindness, care, love. Because as we know, when we're in an agitated, unaware, delusional, confused state, it's very hard to have like that true love, that unconditional love. We might have a grasping kind of attachment love. You know, we might have a I need something love or a confused love. But we're in a, when we're truly in a, a state of clarity, without cloudiness, without confusion, without hindrances, the depth of love is so much more real, so much more expansive and inclusive. And so when we take care of our mindfulness, when we pay attention to it, when we cultivate it, when we grow it, um, our capacity for love is much greater. So in these four foundations, in these teachings, um, it starts with the body. The first foundation is that of the body. And all of us have at some point referred to the postures. When you're sitting, know that you're sitting. 
When you're standing, know that you're standing. When you're walking, know you're walking. When you're lying down, know you're lying down. Right? So that really means we're paying attention all the time. Every time we move, every posture we're in, we're paying attention. That's the call of mindfulness. So mindfulness is paying attention to the entirety of our experience, the entirety of our lives. And, and yet this morning, I want to kind of hone in on how do we do that, right? Like that's like very, it, that sounds great. Um, how do we do that? And it's very clearly laid out in the Satipatthana Sutta that this is a training it's a training just like any other training. If we're learning a new language, if we're learning how to p- play a new instrument, if we're you know, going to the gym for the first time, anything that we're learning that's new takes some time. It might even feel confusing and hard. But the more we do it, you know, I, I took up the piano um, a few years ago because I thought I needed something creative to do and you know I got so frustrated because I wasn't playing Rachmaninoff by day three and it was sort of like yeah Joanna you're not practicing you know I didn't sit at the piano to practice I wanted to just be able to play Rachmaninoff and entertain my friends and feel cool you know and so it's like no 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 we don't we don't I didn't get to have that without practicing. And so this practice is the same. This mind, as Vinny pointed out in Ajahn Chah's teachings of the monkey, this mind will do whatever it wants to do. And we get, mindfulness is such a gift. It's such a beautiful gift because it really helps us. It's a training in how to trust this mind, how to work with this mind how to cultivate this mind so that there is a stabilizing, a structuring from which that place we can then explore. Right? So today we'll spend a little bit more time doing that honing in, that stabilizing, that landing. So then we can play. You know, I use this metaphor too often, and so do teachers, but I, I raise a lot of dogs. I have a lot of dogs in my life. I foster dogs. I have dogs. I've always had dogs since my early 20s. And it's much more fun to have a trained dog than it is to have an out-of-control dog. It just is. And the mind is the same. The mind is the same. <laughs> it's much more easeful to live the life of a mind that we can recognize and acknowledge and know and see clearly and watch the changing phenomenon than a mind where we're, it's just bouncing around and we're confused by. So, so I feel so grateful to have these teachings and I have a mind that I trust. I have a mind that used to control me and now it doesn't and that's a beautiful thing 
It's a lovely thing. It's a liberating thing. This is the liberative practice. The Buddha was not a self-help guru. The Buddha talked about liberation, full liberation, complete liberation, complete freedom. So this morning I just want to guide us um, into, I'll, I'll walk through a few different possibilities for what we often call an anchor, and I'm sure you've heard that word. You know, an anchor, and, and it's such a, an important word. Again, we use it, we've used it and overused it, but when we really listen to what an anchor is, is it's holding a boat in place on an ocean that can do anything at any time, at will, right? And so this anchor is a place that we know we can count on. We can go back to. This is like, I got lost, I got lost. The sea is bobbing, there's big waves, the weather's crazy. Oh, and I'm being held in place. I'm tethered right now by this anchor. And so I'll walk us through a few different possibilities for anchors. We'll do, we'll, we'll do the breath. Um, we'll do bodily, bodily sensations, bodily anchors. And then also sound are the three things that I'll do this morning. And three different things because not everything works for everybody. We're not all the same. You know, for some people, the breath is not a comfortable place. For various reasons. Bodily sensations might be too painful or are not an okay place to land. Sound can get overwhelming for some people. So I'll walk us through all three. And then, of course, you know, as adults, we have the permission to uh, decide and use what will best serve for the day to be an anchor, to be a place to come back to over and over again. Okay. So allowing yourself to settle, finding that posture, you know, as we know, pain arises in the body. But if you found something that really works for you, it really helps to, um, you know, we haven't talked about this much, but I'm going to talk about it for a few minutes. It really helps to be in a position where your spine is not taking all the weight. Right, so be in a tripod as much as you can. If you're on a cushion, allow your knees to take as much of the weight as your as your spine, as your back. If you're on a chair, it really helps to maybe put something behind your back so you're not leaning back too much. Um, I'm with a bunch of pros here already. I can <laughs> I'm looking around and you know, so really like your feet below your knees, your spine upright. If you're lying down, um, something I learned that was really interesting, you probably can't see me if you're lying down, but if you hold your arm perpendicular while you're lying down, it keeps you honest. Because <laughs> if you fall asleep, <laughs> that arm falls. Or if you start getting lazy in the mind, that arm falls. So keeping your arm perpendicular to your body is a really interesting um, and useful practice. And then if you're standing, same thing, feet firmly planted, 
And if at any point you want to try standing practice, I use standing practice a lot because I have spine issues. Um, so I highly encourage it. It's a, it's a beautiful practice. So in any one of the four postures that you're using right now, um, no one any more, um, any more better, any better than the other. Um, it's all practice. So once you find that posture, awake, alert, And then see what it's like to also find ease. So maybe if your shoulders are slightly up, letting them fall a little bit. Seeing if there's any tension, holding, Just doing a, a quick body scan, starting at the head, as Aaron led us in yesterday. Just slowly, I, sometimes I think of it as, you know, warm water being poured over my head. Just allowing the release. Feeling it in your forehead, your ears, your eyes, mouth, jaw, chin. Just paying attention to what's happening and letting go wherever you can through the neck, the throat, shoulders. upper chest, down the upper arm, the elbow, forearm, the hands, way that we can internally release any holding that we may not even know we're holding, but with awareness, with attention, you know, slightly go. Moving through the upper torso, the rib cage, the belly area. The pelvis. We obviously hold a lot of tension, possibly. The hip joints, the lower vertebrae, the tailbone area. The buttocks, the upper thighs. Again, that warm water sensation, if that works for you. Down the knees, 
the calves, ankles, into the feet. And one of the things that we recognize, this interconnection that happens is when the body is at ease, it aids and assists the mind to find ease. So seeing what it's like now to allow the mind, just like the body, just giving it permission, maybe it's a slight intention, It's okay. It's okay for right now to put whatever's going on down, just for now. Allowing the mind to have this direct, immediate, lived experience in this room, sitting still. Right now it's like this. And then from here we're gonna open to sound. So having the ability to direct attention into this area that we call the ears, the ears that hear. You don't need to do anything. Receiving whatever this vibrational input is into this ear area. Maybe it's the sounds in the room. The sound of my voice. It's pretty quiet outside now, but any external sounds. Of course, there are the internal sounds. So just allowing yourself to receive, seeing if we can keep the balance of ease and alertness. So receiving sound, nothing to do. Keeping it very simple, watching what the mind does. The sound of silence, ambient sound, internal sound, 
So that's a possible anchor. For now, we're going to shift into body experience. And we'll start with the overall body experience. So if you were to check in and ask your body, be it's feeling an overall vibratory energy, Maybe you're feeling particular contact points, like your bottom on the cushion or your hands, wherever they're in contact with your legs or lap. Maybe it's a temperature in the room, a coolness or a warmth. How deeply can we know this body without the mind having a lot of opinion about it? So just checking in, what is this body experiencing right now? Seeing if there's something that stands out for you that might be a good anchor. good place to come back to for refuge, for ease. Things get a little bit too busy or confusing. And then from this space, again, switching awareness, shifting our awareness into our breathing. And you don't need to do anything. You don't need to change it. It's been happening all along, even though we haven't been pointing to it. But this shows the nature of awareness and what we point to, what we pay attention to. So the nature of our awareness right now, pointing to breathing, knowing breathing as breathing. Again, not needing to reach for it, receiving it. Where do you feel your breathing happening the strongest right now? For some, it's in the nostril area, maybe actually at the nostrils or the upper lip, or even up higher if it gets real subtle. 
Maybe it's the rising and the falling of the chest. It's the belly expanding and contracting. Maybe it's the whole breath, just the rhythm, the rhythm of the in and the out. In and out. And sometimes it's actually helpful to use a mental note. Breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out. Just a very soft mental note. Watching if it becomes dominant or hard. The focus is on the breathing. Recognizing here the way that we pay attention is just as important as what we're paying attention to. So again, in the spirit of metta, is there kindness and care in this attention? their rigidity and the attention to the breath. There is, that's okay. It's just something to notice and recognize and then see if you can find some ease. Like Vinny said last night, pointing back to the gentle return. Coming back with a loving response if you've been away. Welcoming. As we know, thoughts will arise. It's very natural. So watching the judging. And just coming back to the sati. The sati, the mindfulness, the remembering. Where am I right now? Right now I'm breathing. Open it up to you testing out some of those anchors. So maybe it's right now I'm breathing, right now I'm hearing. 
right now I'm feeling this body. So each time we go away, again, maybe a mental note, noting thinking. So we have awareness of what's happening. Get lost, we check it out, thinking is happening. Maybe we note it as planning or remembering. Very gently, kindly, coming back to whatever anchor feels most suitable for you.
So I hope that's helpful and useful for the day. Um, whenever we give instructions in here, the hope is as we move through the retreat that these, these go with us everywhere we go. Right, so it's it's funny when I <laughs> it's funny when I ring the bell. I really pay attention to like people just go like oh like there like there's an instant fallout right from from what's considered the formal practice. <laughs> so as we go along, like really pay attention to like oh because usually if we're falling out like that, it means there was some sort of like. <laughs> holding right some stiffness or rigidity maybe not always but maybe so pay attention to our transitions to every every transition matters what mindfulness is continuous right it's not like I am mindful only when dot 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 so watch like if the body is that uncomfortable while it's sitting, maybe work with a posture. And, and we'd all be happy to help you with that. Um, and maybe Tijo's the most skillful at it. Um, so then when we move, when we transition right now from sitting to walking, are we paying attention to that? Or is there just a, mm, you know, next thing, next thing, and then we're checking off, okay, that, that's done, that's done, that period's done, that period's done. And like, what, what is our continuity? How can we keep practicing? Keep with, if we need an anchor, use an anchor. Staying, hearing, breathing, sensing in the body. Um, I think I'll leave a little time for questions right now, a few minutes for questions, and then I have some announcements. So the questions, if they can be, um, you know, focused on this practice, what we're doing right now, um, the more existential other stuff can come later. Um, but is there anything that you're really having, um, maybe you'd like to know a little bit about that would be useful for you today as you move through the day? And then you. <laughs> Maybe the microphone, if it's, do you have it handy, Kara? Great, thank you. It takes a couple minutes to heat up, sorry. Okay, I'll just, I'll repeat. It's okay. Go ahead. Thank you for that. Yeah, so the question is around, um, we talked about postures, but is there a recommendation around the gaze, around the eyes? And <laughs> this is Zen. Zen master over here. So what I'll, I would say... Um, is either eyes closed, right, which is the recommended sort of insight, practice, tradition, 
gaze, non-gaze, um, or eyes slightly opened, but maybe just like, you know, you're not looking around the room because obviously that's taking in too much information and sensory input, but just slightly, almost like subtly unfocused, gazing in front of you. And sometimes that's just helpful. I will often do that if the mind is, especially if the mind is getting chaotic or busy or maybe sluggish, you know, if I start feeling really tired, it helps to just lightly gaze. Am I doing this well? I see you nodding. (laughs) You know, and just doing that. And then maybe trying again with them closed and, and then doing, is that helpful? Okay. Please, yeah. See if it's warm now. Right here. Hello. How do you work with um, drowsiness, and when is a good time to just take a nap instead of keep on trying? (laughs) Right. It's a good. It's a great question, and I think we all struggle with that question. Right? I know for me, when I'm on retreat, I'm like, I don't have time for a nap. I came on a week-long retreat. I'll nap when I get home, <laughs> you know? Um, so so to, I'm going to give two different answers for that. How to, how to work with drowsiness, um, which is, a, which is a, of the five hindrances, that's one of them. You know, sleepiness is one of them. Um, so one of the answers is to get sleep. Right, especially when we first come on retreat, the first two days we're exhausted for the most part. If we live busy lives and we've been running and gunning and getting there and doing it, of course, like when we slow it down and finally stop, we're going to be tired. I remember my mom always saying to me whenever I came home for Christmas, like, why do you always sleep when you're here? You're supposed to be hanging out with me. And it's like, because <laughs> I am actually resting. You know, I'm actually at ease. So, so the first few days of retreats, let yourself have naps whenever you need. You know, really take care of your body in that way. So that's one thing. Another way to deal with it is standing helps a lot. You know, the standing posture is a very useful posture for putting, getting energy in the body, opening the eyes, like I just suggested. So those are two like classic ways that we deal with it. And then the third I would say is if you know you're not tired, are you tired? Yeah. Okay. No, because sometimes we're not, sometimes sleepiness or, or sometimes we'll call it, you know, like torpor of the mind, which is sort of the mind just wants to shut down is very different than being tired in the body, right? And this torpor um, can sometimes be because, I mean, there's many reasons for it. I won't diagnose it. But sometimes we're not wanting to pay attention to something. We're wanting to block something. There might be some emotional content arising that we're not ready for and, and need some space. And so sometimes the mind will just shut down and we'll start feeling really tired. You know, so then that's something to look at if we've already, you know, if we've already know that, okay, I've slept 12 hours, you know, I'm fine. And then, oh, let's check this out. And what I kind of like a sleepiness in a way in my practice, um, because it's not wrong or bad. It's only wrong or bad, like Vinny was talking about. I hate using those words, wrong or bad. They're, They're 
very oppositional, but they only cause a problem. They're only a problem or an aversion is when we make it a problem. So what does sleepiness actually feel like? What is the sensation of sleepiness? Oh, interesting. It's just my body is heavy. That's not terrible. My body's just feeling heavy right now. My eyes are feeling heavy. My, you know, so sometimes it's really interesting to investigate, which we haven't really talked about much, or, to, or just to check it out. What are the sensations of sleepy? What are the sensations of tired? Maybe it's not so terrible. It's actually quite nice. It feels very warm and sort of cozy to me, you know? So I know there was a lot of a lot of answers, but you know, first check out if you are tired, take some naps, definitely sleep, get what you need, try standing, practice, try eyes open practice. Walking practice is great for it. Um, and then investigate the sensations of sleepiness. See if there's any emotional content. And when I say emotional content, I mean sensations in the body. Like, oh, does my heart feel heavy? Is my belly, you know. So um, lots, of, lots of good ways to work with it. Um, and we'll have these group meetings, these small group meetings, which I'm going to announce in a minute. Um, and maybe that we can investigate that further. Good. Thank you two very important <laughs> questions. So I'm going to move into um, our announcements and we'll go on with our day. Uh, so we will have these group discussion meetings starting today. There'll be groups today and tomorrow. They're listed on the board out there, um, which groups you're in, which teachers, which room, what time, all that good stuff. If you don't see your name there today, know that you'll be in a group tomorrow. Okay, so that is happening today. These are not, these are, they really aren't optional, um, except for there's, there's a few people that have asked for that, and we, we, we know that, and that's fine. Um, you don't have to do anything. It's not a performance. It's not, you know, it's merely for you to ask questions, maybe in a smaller group setting, to hear how others have similar experiences to you. Um, and, and just to kind of learn from each other and, and be able to sit with a teacher in a smaller group setting. Um, the reason I say they're not optional is because we really are watching out for you. Um, we're paying attention, and when someone doesn't show up, we, we, we're concerned. We worry a little, um, and you might get a note. <laughs> so then that leads into, please check the note board, because there are some notes that we have left for you, possibly, up there that we're noticing are still up there, um, even though, you know, I said don't leave us notes. <laughs> we might leave you notes. <laughs> so please check the note board. <laughs> right. Today, starting today, will be the affinity meditation. The affinity meditations. What these meditations are is an opportunity for people that aren't in the dominant culture in this room to have the opportunity merely to sit in silence together. It's very supportive. Um, it it helps us know that there are maybe others here having similar experiences to us. And this is not to say that we don't all have um, unique experiences, but, but the institutions, the meditation institutions have found um, over lots of time that these are really needed groups and very supportive. 
Um, if you have more questions about that, I'm happy to answer. Um, today is the POC meditation, <laughs> and I'm not in the and it's happening in the council house. And the time, I'm not sure. You're gonna have to. I think it's noon. Noon. People of color. It's noon in the council house. Um, and tomorrow at the same time will be the LGBTIQ group in the council house at noon. Today there will be somebody there helping to start the group. Again, they're in silence, so there's no talking. There's no. Um, so those are starting today. Um, at 10.45 and at noon, because all of the teachers will be in these um, practice discussion groups, we need um, practice leaders, which means you'll sit up here and hold the space and ring the bell at 10.45 and 12, and that'll be throughout the whole week. So there's a sign-up board out there if you'd like to do that. Since it is a rainy day, um, walking practice, you're of course you're more than welcome to be outside. We're not going to inhibit that, but just a reminder that the upper walking hall, the lower walking hall, even this entry hall, fine for walking. So find what suits you. Um, electronic awareness. Um, we know not everybody turned in their electronics, but the walls are thin here, and we can all hear each other. Um, so if you are using your electronic devices, know like even the sound of you turning on your phone people can hear in a very, very silent hall. Okay, so the preference is, if, if you're going to, the preference is not to. If you need to, um, please go below the gates um, if you're going to turn on any electronic device. And then the final thing is, it's cold and flu season, coughing is happening, sneezing is happening. Um, of course, you know, the Vipassana cough and sneeze were talked about, um, but there's also, you know, there's door handles and there's, you know, all kinds of ways that we share. There's the food line, and so really trying to be aware of washing hands a lot. Um, I'm not super into the anti-back pump that stuff, so I just do a lot of washing. If you are, do use that, um, but just we are in a, a tight shared space, so please have awareness around that. And... If anybody else has anything else, we're good. Please. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Okay, so it's back and forth. It is a line, a back and forth line, but we like to do it the short way, <laughs> not the long way, so that allows for more people to be in there. Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you. Yes. Right. So, um, unfortunately, we had to do it that way to allow for time. So that means that people, thank you for that question, the people that are in the 11 o'clock discussion groups just won't go to the 1045 sit. You'll, you can sit, sit somewhere else and, and sit. <laughs> 
<laughs> or stand or lie or whatever it is that um, practice is working for you. You can do walking practice until it's time. And uh, great. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.